Hi guys, I have a special, special uh, guest today on the Mel K Show. And uh, this this is a man who has seen everything, done everything, but in every side of this, of this, whatever we are living in, trying to get out of this matrix, this simulation, I don't know what to call it. He's an amazing filmmaker who has uh, really broken ground and telling the truth and being fearless with um, opening eyes over the last few years. And he is my guest today is Nick Al Al Alviar. Yeah, there you go. Alviar. It's a weird Spanish name. I it's love not it. really I just too didn't typical. I want to say it wrong. So I got. <laughs> yeah, it's Alvear in Espanol. Oh, that sounds so much better the way you said that. I can't, I could never pull that off. Now, um, no? I'm so excited to have you. As I said, I, uh, I've been following you from the very beginning um, when, during the lockdowns. I think I first started watching all of your films. Really amazing yeah. stuff. Not only are you an amazing filmmaker, but you broke a lot of stories. You have no fear. And uh, I just kind of want to go into for my audience that doesn't know you yet. And uh, they I put all your links below because they should. Uh, but why don't we just start off with how you got involved in the first place in kind of uh, being on the front lines of uh, waking people up and uh, spreading the truth that was uh, hidden from us? Great question. Great question. Thanks for having me on, by the way. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, well, that's it's so cool that you have been watching me since the beginning, because yeah. that's kind of like my my whole life shifted. Um, I would say it was just about four years before I had my daughter. And what I was doing was trying to develop a Tony Robbins type of mentality where I could create my my world okay. and, and use my talents to create an existence that I, I felt I had purpose in. So I did so much of this training and training, and then I became a father and then I went did the nine to five and you know what happened was I had a near-death experience. I don't drink anymore, but at this time I did. And I made a, a dumb decision not to take an Uber home. Right. I, drove, I drove home and I live in California. And this is the PCH. This is where you have, you know, you're driving on a cliff to go home from Santa right. Barbara to Ventura. And uh, next thing I know, I'm just waking up on a couch. And, and, and my ex-wife is telling me I totaled the car. And I look outside and I see, how did I even park it? Like, that's phenomenal that the car is so damaged, but I parked it. And so I, I noticed that there was screech of guardrail on both sides, just like, yeah. And then all this tall grass underneath. So that following week, there was a, a shuttle would take me to work. And I took the shuttle and there was an accident on the freeway. So it was going slow. So I got to study the freeway and I got to look at where I had crashed. And when I found where I had crashed, I broke down and started crying because I realized that where the green paint had hit the guardrail was just inches from there not being guardrail. Oh my God. Yeah. Which means I would have driven off that cliff, most likely died or been paralyzed. And I cried and I thought in my head, I didn't do what I thought I was going to do when I was a kid. When I was six, seven, eight, I knew I was going to be directing movies. As a kid, I was obsessed with that and making music. And so, it was in that moment I also thought, wow, my daughter wouldn't have a dad. And so everything just got real serious for me. And in that moment, I said, I have to take action. That's the one thing I've learned with Tony Robbins and NLP is when you have that, like that moment of epiphany, you have to take an action and just mm -hmm. start that ripple effect. Right. So I did. I LLC'd Good Line Films thinking I was going to make music videos and real estate. And it was uh, just a perfect blend of, of, misfortune and there's always fortune within a misfortune is what i've learned that i started being vocal about being a trump supporter at work and it got me in trouble got me fired and 
it was when I was fired and I had all this anger in me that this whole, it was right when the Rona started, right when this shutdown happened. And it was in that moment that I realized I needed to do something and I just saw fall of the cabal. And yeah. I, oh, I love Janet. Yeah. I, Janet. It's, it's amazing. unbelievable. Both of them, her and her partner have yeah. done so much, so much work. And it's amazing. Everyone should see that. I yeah. did a show with her once and I was like, I love you. <laughs> nice. I yeah, like, I spoke with her. Coolest. You're the smartest. I call I her grandma you. red pill because yeah. she just she's red pilled everyone. Oh, so great. She yeah. does it so well. But what I realized when I was watching it, I was thinking I was watching Father Cabal going, well, this, this is low quality images, you know, like, I don't know if someone's going to take this serious. Of course, people do. But there are always others who are going to say, what is this made on YouTube? So right. it was my objective right there. I said, I could do this, but I can do it better. Right. And you, then, you have you have some some of your deep dives, but your films are actually, you know, the quality is unbelievable. But you're you've always right. been an amazing filmmaker. But you've hit on some topics that she didn't even touch. What right. You, you know, yeah, exactly. That's where we're complimentary because she's really good at taking you way down the rabbit hole. And, and she's so digestible. You can consume right. her information over and over and over. And that's kind of, I remember when I made my first film, I thought I'm making this for my neighbor, this uh, older man, Jack, who is totally liberal. I want to penetrate into his psyche and how am I going to do it? And I do it by asking questions and, right. and, and I score the music in the films and I narrate the films. And it wasn't until I started writing the films that it took off. Like I, I wrote Perrywood and then that got millions so of views. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. And but then at the same time, like when you start fighting for the light, you start encountering attacks and obstacles. So like I am where I am now, um, making a living and, and building a really strong team for Good Lion TV. But along the path, it's been pretty brutal. Like I'm, I've divorced. I don't get to see my daughter every day. I ended up at a, at a I swear I ended up at a pedophile's house who I thought was a, a noble man. He was a guest on my podcast. Oh, wow. And I, I offered to go make his book into an audio book. I was going to record it for him. I went to Hawaii and then I s soon found out, oh, I am in the devil's den. Yeah. It was, it was very intense and I had to run away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. both of us have that in common. I spent 15 years in Hollywood and uh, <laughs> uh, at the very highest levels too. And I, um, I started to, I, that's really where I started in the beginning of um, going on shows and stuff was talking about the, uh, what I saw, which was a, uh, when I first got out there in the 90s, late 90s, I was a kid. It was um, the satanic stuff was, yeah. was, you know, it was covert. But I think by mid, probably around 2002, 2003, it was overt and it was everywhere. And the higher up you got in Hollywood and the more people you were around. And I knew all about Epstein Island and really wow. what went on there and the satanic wow. temple and the, the witches covens of the Hollywood elite. And uh, I really I. I when I really, really, when it hit me, I literally packed my bags and, and took off and drove back to the East Coast. I mean, I was there a long time, but I ended up working. I was at E at the time and I just looked around and I thought, I am working for literally Satan. Wow. <laughs> Did you have anyone around you that also was getting it with you or were you like the only um, one? Yes and no, because I, I was working on a live show on E and it was really, really intense. And it was uh, the more I saw, because I was I was really at a at a place. The more it was exclusive, so few people, you know, would ever really get what I was seeing was going on. And then there was also the um, 
the pedophilia that was around me at a certain level, it was as if nobody cared. And I, yeah. I, that was really when it was like, I got to get out of here. And it was like the higher up I, I was getting the, this more, you know, the less they hit it. But now yeah. we know that. But when I was in, in L.A., I'm like, I got to get out of here. I started just feeling and like you said, like I, I, a lot of my friends ended up getting sober and getting healthier. And then they tell their stories and you'd be like, wait a minute. What? You know, everything. So a lot of what I'm talking about was in your projects. And I'd come across Cappy and other people out there during my years there. So, you know, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for you and, and him, obviously, and many other people that that opened up the people's eyes, because uh, I think that's where we are now. Right. Yeah. And, you know, bless Cappy. He he was murdered. I, I, I would say I don't think he suicided himself. And it takes I a lot of courage down there. I drove it, to where he jumped. He. He was forced, forced himself. himself off the bridge. Yeah. I was like, there's no way he would. It, it, it's not even high enough to kill somebody to jump off of there. <laughs> but, but it, you know, that whole video, who knows? But you did a great job in telling his story. And I really appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, in in continuing in the story, like after this Hawaii incident, I just oh kept on God. going from hotel to hotel to make movies. I, I would just go live in Florida if I wanted. Right. Or I'd, yeah, it was actually really cool. And uh, I built 60,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube in six months. Oh, wow. And for me, that was just like, what is this? My whole life has changed. I had a podcast and everything. But then on October 15th, they nuked us all. They, they yeah. nuked so many yeah. channels. Yeah, you too. Yeah. And all of them, like it was, it was in two waves. One was earlier in the morning and then one was in the afternoon. And I remember being on the phone, just looking at my mail and I saw I, I remember how calm I was. I'm, I've been a meditator most of my life. So it, I, in shocking situations, I'm pretty calm. And in that moment, I realized now I got to build a website. This okay. is every misfortune has a fortune. Boom. Yeah. That's and what so, I said to everyone that I've talked to that was purged. Like we were when you, I'm sure you got it when you when you logged in, it was like your channel has been terminated. And you're like, what? And mine, I mean, the last one I did was about child trafficking and Sound of Freedom and stuff. And I was like, what? And oh. then I saw everyone else that I loved and got through everything with and the COVID months, you included. And I, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know. I just I didn't believe that could happen. Right. And, it and then yeah. the same thing. But guess what? The real champions, the real fighters, the real warriors got out there and figured out how to rebuild and rebuild, you know, in a way that they could never take down again. Exactly. Websites. But it forced us to uh to look outside the box and get away from their their cabal their, their yeah which is great but okay. it is great like parlor and gab they've moved on to epic.com for their web hosting which is norway and and europe but even they just recently got hacked a little yeah. so it's kind of getting it's a it's a war on all fronts yeah yeah okay so uh yeah so i i end up traveling all over the place and then i'm thinking i need to go to this rally I need to go to this final rally. I haven't been to one. It's January 6th. It was either do that or go make a movie in, in Colombia. And I chose, I could not think of any other thing to do but January 6th rally. So I went to DC right. and uh, as a filmmaker, it was, and a Trump supporter, actually as a Trump supporter, it was kind of weird. I felt like there was this like extra bulletproof material in front of Trump and all these sharpshooters up protecting. It was like extra. Everything was extra. And Trump was an hour late. Right. And uh, On purpose, yeah, yeah. in my opinion. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And yeah. To, to, to show the evidence of, of the plan, because at this moment, while we're watching, that is when the Capitol had been in infiltrated right. already. 
Yeah, I remember telling this to the FBI to their face when they first got me and they were just kind of like scratching their heads. <laughs> but it's true. It's so true. And that's why they haven't released the thousands of hours of footage that is recorded there. It's one of the most protected buildings in the United States. And you're telling me there's nothing. There's so much that they're not showing. Still, there was no it also it was clearly uh, infiltrated by like that. John Sullivan, to me, looks like the, the biggest criminal on that scene, but also a lot of FBI agents, all that. They just tried to set him up again. Thank God people weren't stupid enough to fall for it because we we got to see all the FBI, you know, kind of, you know, in disguise. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So go I, ahead and tell the story because you have a really unbelievable because right now I, I believe that we have political prisoners in like a gulag in this rogue D.C. And it's absolutely disgusting. So uh, you actually have a real story and I'm, I'm really excited for you to, be able to tell people the truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this story is, is actually going to be on an HBO documentary that comes out in November called right. Four Hours in the Capitol. And uh, yeah, um, they interviewed me for it and I might be made to look like a fool because I'm completely honest with everything, but it's OK. Yeah. Um, I was there on the grass in front of the Capitol and I heard everyone say, Pence didn't si side with us. He didn't side with us. Pe Pence betrayed us. I'm looking around like for real and I look up and I see just a wave already of people going into the building There's all sorts of people you had older ladies older men younger children babies being held it was like a day at the museum I know they're making it look like it was an attack no it it was us taking a stance no right. one was planning on attacking anybody so something in me just took over I, I knew I had to go right away. I had to get up there as fast as possible. And I filmed the entire way. And it's this filming that got me out of jail. I would be in jail still if I had not filmed this because that is why there are some people in there because they don't have counterproof. Right. So I was able to record walking through the doors that were completely open. Right. And, and then I filmed the cops and I'm like, okay. And we're saying, you're doing the right thing to the cops, you know, and we go into the Capitol and under the rotunda it's gorgeous and um there's just liveliness and you'll see all this footage in purviewwood nine volume two that's on goodline.tv i put it all in there and i tell the story with all the footage i got shot by a cop with uh, rubber bullets on both thighs boom boom just before i went into the building i go into the building and well my podcast before like it's a little different now but i used to smoke a lot of weed live and people love it people like love to smoke weed with me and so weed is my thing although i can't really smoke much of it anymore uh i realized i had a ton of joints in my fanny pack and so i was like oh my god what else am i gonna do right now let's calm this let's let's do this so i did sparked up and passed out great amount of joints and this guy from the daily caller was who i ended up talking to much later uh told me he had the same impulse to get into the building as fast as he could and then he ends up filming me and he says what strain of weed is that and i said it's pinkberry and then that got 6.7 million views on twitter and then my brother saw it who hates me and he told the fbi no <laughs> yeah my bro <laughs> my brother did that oh my like, god and there's our, there's plenty of stories about that from the inmates in the DC Correctional Facility who said my son told on me right. or yeah it's it's just so sad cuz okay so i end up pretty much not going to jail for a month i stayed in virginia beach and then they finally found me i think it was a fan that became a, uh, just disgruntled i guess told right. on where i was 
And then the FBI came and they came like, they came at me as with two felonies. Now it's one misdemeanor, but at first- Oh my God, that's what, that's what happened to everyone. It's, it's exactly. so crazy. There was no violence and the cops let everyone in. There's plenty of footage of all of this. What they are doing in DC is such a violation of your civil rights and, and everything, everything. They, they're yeah. so, I don't understand. So they came at you. So what did they do? They like kicked your door in or they. Oh, yeah. The, the day before. I've heard terrible evil stories of these FBI agents. They all belong in prison, if you ask me. But, it was it was intense. Like it wasn't a knock on the door. Like the day before there was a cop who tried to like figure some stuff out before the FBI would come. They just had one of those steel barricade like. Get out of here. And then I, I turned around, I was making music and I just rushed to the door, opened the door. And then they had two assault rifles. I, I think I don't remember the the guns were massive. And I was just like, oh my, oh my God, there was like an ounce of weed on the counter with a massive bong. They didn't care about that. Right. But they were actually fairly cool and they were young and pretty i was kind of like what's going on here this is like not what i expected an fbi raid to be like they were just being very kind i think they realized i'm a, i was wearing weed pants and a trump tank top and that became my outfit throughout all the jails that i ended up going through oh my god they wouldn't let me change they wouldn't let me put on boxers uh they questioned me and i thought that was going to be it I, I just thought oh yeah my friend told me last night they questioned him and that's it they questioned me and then they took me to jail and then they're like this is going to be the longest three days of your life and i was thinking like holy crap this is all happening so fast oh my god and then, then it became 45 days and four jails i had to go through because they had to transfer me to dc dc's jail and in dc's jail you have protective custody because if you're in the generic public in jail you'll get beat up because right. they're like they're so black lives matter right and speaking of getting beat up like there's a guy named ryan samsel who's in that jail was he got his ass beat um the the correctional officers beat him up they they put him in a room zip tied him and they they literally beat the crap out of him he broke his orbital his jaw oh he's God. blind in one eye yeah yeah and now he's in a jail in, in Virginia. Why? They're just torturing these people. Yeah, they're not nice. I mean, I would say 90% were respectful because they're all, truly, they're all Nigerians. They're immigrants who don't have records. So they're, that they pretty much work the entire jail. And there are a few, though, who I remember were pissed all the time, who were abusing, abusing power. One or two. It just wasn't cool. Like we would they sing all amazing in prison. If you ask me, I think right? they're all evil. Anyone that's participating in this farce uh, with these people in prison. I mean, in jail, jail is terrible. It's hell on earth. It should have been a misdemeanor. I mean, even Putin saying that it's that even in, in even in Russia, it would have been like a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. My my lawyer, when I was in jail for the first like I thought I was going to be there for three weeks and oh and then and then it wasn't and then People were, I had a core of seven people who just really hustled for me and friends, fans that became family. And so they went around and asked every, every lawyer in DC. And one of my friends, Sarah, she got hung up on, she got cussed out. And then it was one lawyer who said, you know what? This is ridiculous. This guy shouldn't be in jail for this long. Right. And if it wasn't for him, I'd still also be in there. Like right. he helped, he's like, have him fill this out, do this and that. I can recommend this person as a as his lawyer and all that happened and and i got out and i, I remember telling everyone i'm getting out i don't have anything on my record uh, i'm gonna get bond and everyone just laughed you know because in florida someone who was in the jail with me in dc 
he was uh, trying to get Bond, trying to get Bill. Right. And uh, the guy before him had just molested a child and got Bond. And now this guy gets denied Bond because he's part of this whole, you know, insurrectionist thing. Right, right. Yeah. Insane. It's scary, though, because I've, I've done I really started. Um, I went I went to film school, too. And I mean, or I uh, but I, I did screenwriting and uh, I did historical drama. My first project I wrote was on um, Eichmann in Jerusalem, the banality of evil and that uh, Hannah Arendt who covered it for The New Yorker, which it ended up being that book. Nice. And uh, what's really terrifying is um, looking back on that's really when I started looking into Nazi Germany and what, what really happened and how it happened. And, and it's so parallel to right now. But again, Eichmann didn't he, his, his excuse or his his uh, defense was he was just following orders, you know, mm. that, that, you know, the, the banality of evil, that concept, mm -hmm. uh, as I as I believe it is uh, most people that are committing e evil don't even think about what they're doing. And exactly. that's where I see these people, these FBI agents, these prison guards, all of that. They know they fundamentally are committing, in my my opinion, evil. They are following orders without conscience, without, you know, anything. Because like I've been saying a lot to people now that don't want to believe that maybe our governments are, are this globalist cabal is trying to depopulate the planet. Uh, yeah. But when yeah. people say, oh, you know, they don't want to believe in evil, I say, well, you know what? Maybe six million people died in the camps, but a million worked there. Yeah. You know, a million wow. people, you know, if you think about that, people, people, that was their job. They took people, you know, they beat them to death, did these horrible experiments, took people to the delicers, which were really the gas chambers. There, yeah. there were over a million Germans worked in, in these camps, Auschwitz and all of them. So, oh, yeah. you know, and then they go home and have dinner with their families at night yeah. and go to work the next day and i don't see these guys uh these fbi agents anyone that's that's playing along with this insurrection bs i see them as exactly the same yeah you know what's crazy when i was hiding out in virginia beach i went down into this apartment complex's gym and uh there was a man in a wheelchair who struck a conversation i struck a conversation with and uh it was just so unique uh it's just life is always like this but we end up talking and he says that He's very angry at his son. I said, what's wrong? He said, well, my son, he's, he's, he was an FBI agent. And then the other day he came over, right? And I could tell what he was up to and where he was going and what he was going to do with his gun. And I said, son, why, I thought you were retired. He said, once you work for the FBI, you always work for the FBI. And this guy used to be a loan shark, the, the father in the wheelchair. He, he, yeah. So he like told me about how he grew up as pretty much like, you know, a thug. He was badass. Like he, he would make sure people would pay back money. And if not, they'd take their thumb, you right. know? Yeah. So he yeah. knew. And I heard that. And I'm thinking, dang, like I might be on FBI list. And you're telling me the story about this FBI guy. And, and I wondered if I had that, if his, he's the guy. What if he told, you know, what if he said I was there? Right. Right. Who knows? All I know is that you are uh, hopefully on the other side. I still believe that there is another side and, and a great awakening and all of that. But um, you guys all deserve, in my opinion, you, they violated your civil rights. They violated the Constitution. They violated multiple Bill of Rights uh, amendments and, and, and uh, all of it. And uh, you guys are victims to me. I think the government owes you uh, a, not just a ton of money, but also these people should be held accountable, in my opinion. I think they're they're the evil ones. We know that, look, she set it up. Pelosi and them set that day up. There's, there's yeah. so much evidence. It's overwhelming. 
and yet they're still playing along. They have that Chesley guy. And, and I had a friend, um, Cooey, who was in there. He was Cowboys for Trump. He, too, left on January 6th and they came and got him too, uh. threw him in jail. But he said that he saw that um, Jacob Chesley in there and he said, and this is months ago, and he said, the guy's not doing OK. There's a lot of people in there that are mentally deteriorating and they know it and they're torturing them. That's what it is. It's because it, right now in the D.C. and just in general, when you're in there, it's right. one cell. You're by yourself for 23 hours. Oh There's not God. many books. If your friends, if you've got friends and they send them, you'll get some books. I think they, it comes once every two weeks or shipments. You get one hour to go take a shower and then call your friends, maybe, or your family. Oh and then sometimes they get really aggro and they will say, oh, you guys have been annoying me today. You don't get an hour break today. They can do that. There's they no really oversight. shouldn't be able to. It's There's so no oversight. Evil. And then remember when a few of the uh, congressmen tried to go in there? Yes. Quite recently? And they were denied? That's yes. Insane. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And they were saying that, that the guys in there couldn't get their lawyers. And like you're saying, a lot of lawyers wouldn't cover it. But honestly, if you still look back at it, I mean, it's cognitive dissonance beyond comprehension. Even if you look at it, it doesn't. I've seen way worse things happen at concerts. You know, or at football right? games when people get rowdy looks far worse than that. And then the only person shot was that Ashley Babbitt, the Sullivan guy and the girl from CNN happened to be right there filming it. it none of the cops are reacting. So it looks like it's some kind of movie. But then on top of that, the guy who shot her goes on the news or on with Lester Holt and congratulates himself because so many people would have died. It's coming out. Nobody was armed. What kind yeah. of direction is nobody armed? All of this is so exactly. Different. And then the brainwashed peeps out there will just right. take it like sheep and then they'll say it. My dad would not send me money when I was in jail because he thought I was a terrorist. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? And Insane. everyone that I know that was there, I have a bunch of friends who were there, said that before the that happened. And meanwhile, it was totally infiltrated by outside groups. There's plenty of video of them putting on their their Trump gear and their, you know, yeah, I, I, that's what you're saying. That 14,000 hours need to be released and needs exactly. to be a long time ago but yeah. um, listen the people that are still in there you being in there for 45 days that's straight up torture i don't think I it's know. i don't think it's any less than what happened at gitmo you know no. that they were all up in arms about but it's our people it's our yeah. people doing it to our people and yeah. somehow feeling proud of that's what i'm saying about nazi germany people always talk about the the, the the victims but also what about the people that perpetrated the crimes and worked there as a, a job you know, mm -hmm. that was their job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where where are you now on that? I, I just I cannot believe this is America and that's happening. And you have yeah. Putin and G and Modi and all these people coming out and saying there are political prisoners that are dissent from that are in jail for dissenting against the government narrative in Washington, D.C. Wow. And they're, they're and this administration is looking at anyone else. The United yeah. Nations did nothing. Yeah. You know, of course, we know the United Nations is the Fourth Reich, so of course they didn't. But I'm just saying in the narrative that they hold up as like human rights and Blinken yeah. and Biden are calling in to look at systematic racism in America. How about looking at the prisoners in D.C.? Yeah, exactly. It's so sad because there's some really great people in there that I met who were like, Nick, please find this footage when you get out. I'm like, what do you mean? A lot of folks have there's one frame taken from a video that the FBI has. And they will make a claim that this person is actually doing this in the video based off of one photo. But if you saw the video, it would explain another story. Now, that I was a gentleman. 
and his story so sad some military worker who's in his 50s he goes there to support trump then he is on the list and he and then he panics so he tries to go to switzerland three times and or sweden it didn't work there was always something that happened that he couldn't end up going so literally he ends up trying to take his life he oh, ends up no. slitting his wrist in the correct way and i saw all the all the scars oh no he was that afraid to go to jail yeah but I blame him jail it's hell and jail is hell torture is awful you guys and even worse look at that these are crimes against humanity what's going on what happened in there to you and all these people these are yeah. literally this is pure evil in my opinion because jail is mental torture and mental. these people are never going to be the same Luckily, exactly you have you have the ability you knew how to meditate you knew how to do things that can keep you somewhat sane in an awful environment but most people don't have those tools and from what I hear from most of the people that went down there on the six, I almost did. And I'm glad I didn't, but not because of anything else. What I heard was that it was very peaceful. People were very positive. I go to all these, I go to these events with General Flynn and all, all over the country. And it's a love fest for America, for the constitution, for your mm-hmm. fellow Americans. And people are positive and they, they want law and order. They want justice, yeah. they want all of this. Well, that's what I heard it was mostly most of the day and then when it started getting infiltrated and windows were breaking and all of that but that was only a very short period of time right very short in this whole ashley babbitt thing in the purview wood nine volume one i do borrow a clip that was made by a fantastic uh content creator who who i think it's called 18 everything that's wrong with the capital uh riot in 18 minutes i throw that in there because there's a part in there where he's almost like nfl doing a play-by-play of what happens when we're watching the ashley babbitt scenario go down and it's very choreographed you can it's see right. the taps on the back of your your turn your right. turn and just like you mentioned the cops weren't panicking and then how oh. they lifted up a woman who just got shot is completely against protocol that's it All was it. so ridiculous yeah and and then i i went on red pill 78 show and then he oh, brought up it. something he's cool. so dope yeah. he he brought up this uh perspective i never thought of and this is why the ashley babbitt thing happened and i i really do believe this is probably why they set it up they wanted the trump supporters to think a trump supporter just got killed now let's burn this building down they wanted to to egg us on to do some more damage and it didn't work right right well that's because the trump supporters aren't the domestic terrorists they are and this is that see i keep saying because um as i'm going across the country i spoke i was at a big great event in kentucky and one in alabama i'm going to colorado springs tomorrow nice. i'll tell you right now these people that are going to these events love our country love america but they're also love their second amendment and if we really were the domestic terrorists they'd know it okay yeah. it's, it's a lot of uh people all around this country that know that our country was hijacked by these globalist demons and they know that our our elections were stolen and not just the trump election people have to stop focusing on trump if the trump was stolen then your sheriff your congress people your senators your school board your judges they're all fraudulent too Mm. you know it's like what are we doing here this is insanity but that's i'm telling you i i really do hope that all those people that um persecuted you and are still persecuting people in there get charged with some kind of crimes against humanity or torture or any of this they are criminals they are yeah. a criminal enterprise. And on top of that, um, the other thing that that is weird, uh, not just that they're holding back the footage, but you know, I wonder what you think of this. 
I feel like the only way out for, for America is to go back to the Constitution, uh, the Bill of Rights and the Bible and and scrap everything else and go back to like states rights. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. We got to go back and fix our states. You've been driving and going all over the country. Look at how much farmland is abandoned. Full towns that were once thriving steel towns abandoned. There's so much. We have to rebuild our country from inside out, from the states. We the people. And I just think that D.C. cesspool, they should just get rid of it, bulldoze it, arrest all those people. They're all in on it. Anyone that voted for that election knew that it was fraudulent. Yep. And, and then all their underlings. But here's the one thing that we do have in the Constitution. Of course, it's all being ignored. Your story, uh, prime example. But uh, we do have the ability to form a militia. And I think 1-6 was a false flag to uh, to threaten any Trump supporter or person who wanted law and order and justice and the constitution followed in terms of the election and the outcome uh, to threaten them to be like, listen, if you, uh, if you form a militia as our constitutional right, as Thomas Jefferson said, it's not our right to uh, abolish the government that is no longer working for the people by the people. It is our duty. And that is our constitutional right. And I really think a whole, whole big part of that, um, that false flag on January 6th was don't you dare fight back against yep. the government. I feel that 100% because that's the only thing that's going to stop what is happening. Yeah. That's the only thing that stopped what's happened in the past. Right. Most people forget. Most people don't look at history. My dad, I'm shocked. My parents don't watch any of my movies. And they both grew up in terrible places. Like my dad grew up in Chile when Henry Kissinger and, and Nixon wow. bombed their White House on September 11th, yeah. so 1973. started on Henry Kissinger. I could go on for three days about the sure. evil. Yeah. yeah, I mean, seriously, but we were told our whole lives we're the same age, our whole lives, our whole history, everything. I believe that we're going to have to go back and weed out what's real and what's not real. I thought he was we all thought we're told this was a good guy. No, all you have to do is read anything him or a Rockefeller or any of these yeah. people said anyone that created the U.N. It was, yeah. I know I, I know I'm convinced Germany might have lost, but the Nazis didn't lose yeah. World War II. They came to the United States and started the Fourth Reich, otherwise mm -hmm. known as the United Nations. Yep, and NASA and all this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we're dealing with the same demons, the yep. same ones, and that's why what you're the work you're doing is so important. Because again, if we don't expose this to light, get them out there, show who they are, make sure that people understand, have them held accountable for their crimes and end this once and for all, then maybe we'll have some kind of great awakening, but they'll be in the wings to reinvent themselves. And we'll just, yeah. this will never end. We got to expose yeah. the demons and get rid of them once and for all, you know? Exactly. That's what I'm doing now. Like I got out of jail and right away I got an email right when I got out and I thought, are they watching me? And it was, uh, <laughs> yes. it was HBO. It was a, so HBO had a really big documentary leaving Neverland and it, okay. that production company, it was them. They hit me up and they're like, we're doing capital documentary. Can we interview you? And I thought, how do you, do you just, I just got a phone. Like, are you guys watching me? So it was just divine. And, yeah. uh, and so from now on, like the goal is to create, like to combine all my, my talents, you know, my grandparents from Chile, they created schools and my dad was a, a photographer and my mom is a musician and a teacher. So I'm combining all that. And so good lion TV, good TV is like a Netflix of red pills. And that's yeah, so great. Yeah. I know. I'm going to share all your links below, but yeah, you are you are combining all of that in a in an amazing way. But your ability to stay centered and calm and and in touch with, 
you know, the, the positive side of all of this is, is a real gift because I, mm. I, I really, I, I don't know how um, people are actually dealing with this, just with, just with the anger inside of, of knowing that you were violated in such a false and an ugly way that you would think could never happen in America. Yeah, something was with me when I was in jail that made me feel as if I was supposed to be there. Wow. Uh, and yeah, like like in the first jail I was at, it was for 30 days and I was treated like a famous guy. Like right when I got in, everyone's like, you were on TV. You're that guy. Yo, fuck yeah. And uh, it was kind of cool. And then like the fans all sent me money and then they found out how much money I had. And then they all like treated me a little different but it became a good thing. I developed friendships with people I never thought I would. Right. And then I ended up buying food for a lot of people that I didn't oh, that think I'd end up doing. Yeah, we do charities every Monday. So like, Aww. yeah, we'd buy outside meals for 10 to 15 people inside of jail. I was teaching people how to do Tai Chi, Wim Hof. And yeah, I even signed somebody, <laughs> a, a rapper. Oh, uh, wow. I saw him just grow profoundly from the first day I was in there to four or five weeks later. Wow. He was rapping in front of everybody and he wasn't sweating anymore. And he was, yeah. So Out it was, confidence. It was, that's great. I had a really so good time in that jail. That sounds weird. Silver linings to that kind of stuff. No, I've heard that before. Oddly enough, I've heard of people yeah. that, um, that bonded uh, with people inside jail whenever, like a friend that had a DUI in LA, I remember she like yeah. came out and she was like, no, they, I met this girl, she's so awesome. And they're like, pals, I always see them on Facebook. Oh yeah, what? I was writing down people's life stories. Like what? anyone who had a lion associated to them, they became a really good friend of mine and they wow. had such a story. Like I, I wrote down one guy's story for two days. Oh my God. Yeah. I loved wow. it, it's crazy, but. Yeah, I, but the thing is, once we ended up at that DC jail, it just turned sour. You're by yourself, and we need people. Right. So that's also, the thing. Also, the DC is all satanic and demonic as it is. I'm not surprised that their jail yeah. is, is the same. But also, all the all the DC people, the the judges, the 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 police, all of this. First of all, they're all rogues. They're not. They're not. They don't follow our constitution. They don't work for we the people. They don't. They didn't take an oath like they're supposed to to us and to the constitution yeah. and to God. They took an oath to Nancy Pelosi and these demonic people. But that whole DC, they should all be held accountable because uh, I believe not only did they set you guys up, but that they're continuing to play along. There's no excuse for it. I know. I know. It's hard for people to stand up and, and really say what they think. Like it's, did you see the recent project Veritas? Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, like I love when people stand up yeah. and, and say what they're really thinking. Like, what was it? Nicki Minaj just did that. Yeah. So we she didn't even more. mean to. And I say to people, I wasn't a fan of her, but you know what, as we both know from spending time in Hollywood and in that world, you know, some of these people, a lot of them, you did a whole thing on Britney. Uh, they from very young were, manipulated, brainwashed. And, and this whole thing I always said about Brittany, you know, the story about her conservatorship is one story, but anyone that is signed with one of the big agencies in Hollywood is in a conservatorship just as uh, repressive and controlling as Brittany's. And, yep. you know, if you're with CAA or UTA or Endeavor or any of them, you are owned, they own you. And if you do anything that they don't like, they're going to destroy you. 
And and that's yeah. why I look at a Nicki Minaj. I don't know where she comes from. She has it looks like she has a hard life. If you look at her brother or husband or whatever, but she's made a hundred million dollars. She didn't mean to be involved. Uh, mm. Actually, what she said, I think that bothered the demon so much was she said she wanted to pray about it. And I was like, oh, uh, no, there yeah. you go. Unacceptable. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they're not but, about that. But I will tell you, good. They, I think they chose the wrong person to make an example of. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, yeah, know, you never know. I'm sure she never imagined she would be in that position, just like you never imagined you would be in the position of I all never... people to arrest. Is like somebody who's like his whole mission in life is to get to the bottom of the things and expose the truth and who's behind it. And now yeah. you you can do it better than anyone. Yeah, it's funny it was... that HBO is doing a documentary because I was like. That's weird. You, you're the one that's. <laughs> I know. And then that was what Purviewood Nine Volume Two was really about because it shows what a lot of people didn't get to see, which yeah. was the, the hearings of um, all the evidence of the election fraud coming forth. I mean, I remember spending eight hours a day watching all those. And it's just so sad that we get all that information, but yet nothing happened. Right. But also, why yeah. don't Americans care? It, yeah. it's not, it shouldn't just be us that are out there now for multiple years trying to blow the whistle and expose ugliness and expose evil and all of that. It should be every single American should care. And like I'm saying, look, these important positions, sheriff, you know, attorney general, um, all of this stuff, they're all frauds, too, in a lot mm -hmm. of these situations. Half the people in Congress and Senate cheated yeah. and, and, and we're all OK with it somehow, because why? That's why I think one six was a total false flag to threaten we the people that we better not fight back. That's yeah. my opinion about the whole thing, because nobody had guns. But what if right. they did? You know? Right. I know. No one had guns like they made it so much more than it actually was intended to be. And it that was their job. Right. And they then we saw it. we saw the demons all, you know, the, the demons at um, September 11th. We saw the whole crew, the whole club, oh, yeah. the Bushes, yeah. the uh, the Clintons, the Obamas, the uh, the mm. Bidens, the worst of the worst. He's he's going to get what he deserves. I'm I'm certain of that. All of them together, and then Bush goes up there and makes a speech, saying, "With all that you and I know, right? This evil demon gets up there and makes a speech comparing uh, the tal the the Taliban and and the terrorists overseas." to what happened on January 6th. So insane, so insane. I couldn't believe it. I thought, mm. what is he saying? We all know everything. I mean, we all, you and I know basically the gist of what went on on 9-11 on and yeah. the Patriot Act was written two years before. Yep. So it was all about taking our rights away, our freedom, our privacy, all this, all the TSA, all this, you know, it was all about spying on us, full surveillance. Yeah. Uh, COVID is the next level, these QR codes. But that George Bush gets up there and says that the people, the insurrection on 1-6 are comparable to the Taliban? Yeah, it's a, it's absurd. I remember when I got out of that whole scenario, people were calling me Antifa. And I thought, that's very weird. I was just there, and I don't think I, I'm Antifa. No, no, you're the opposite. Well, anyway, Antifa is the opposite. They, yeah. they don't even know that they're useful idiots, just like they were in Nazi <laughs> Germany. You know? Yeah, George Soros pawns. Right. At the end of the day, guess what? Yeah, they have no use for you. So yeah. it's like that's the same thing with the people, all the rioters. Look, last summer, that wasn't insurrections and riots, but what right. happened on 1-6, well, it's just insane. 
So yeah. um, what um, I, I'd love to have you back and talk about some of the some of the movies in depth. Now, you have a current Ooh. movie about Fauci. Right? I do. Yes. It's a it's a series, a show called Beginnings. And what it basically is, is a look at the beginnings of the, the biggest members of the cabal. Right. And we follow their bloodlines and we learn about how generational this whole thing is. It's not just a group of newcomers. It's been going on from father to father to father. It's, it's a lineage thing. Right. So, yeah, there's Fauci is the first two episodes and then episodes three and four are Gates. And then we'll go in Soros and Kissinger and, right. and bloodlines and we'll keep expanding it. Great, know. great. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, I've traced Fauci back. I always say all roads lead to Switzerland. We're yeah. like I said, we're around the same age. So we grew up. Everyone's saying Switzerland was neutral. It's the exact opposite. All evil <laughs> comes from comes it from is. the Bank of International Settlements, as far as I'm concerned. But um, Fauci goes back to that. But you, I'm sure you have it in there. That yeah, uh, that picture your best family. Had, that picture I've had on uh, I've used many times on shows where it's Fauci with um, Rockefeller, Gates's mm -hmm. father, the Astors, like all the bloodlines. Soros. And, yeah, and yeah. a 30 year old Fauci. And yeah. Like, and he's never treated a patient. He's not, yeah. he's not some good doctor. He went right from he what he was bred to be exactly where he is right now, like all of them. Exactly. Yeah, his family goes back sixteenth century. The Abyss family. Their crest was a snake eating a baby. I saw it. The heck is that? That's crazy. I know. And and you know, people still don't understand that Bill Gates' dad and Margaret Sanger started Planned Parenthood to to get rid of the black community. It's exactly it's that's what i have in uh that's yeah. just released today on okay. good line tv yeah it's gates i'll send it i'll send cool. you a, a yeah i got you a username and login and stuff for you okay great and i'm gonna put all your links below i suggest everyone go over to goodlines.tv because your work is so great it's so mm -hmm. thoroughly um uh researched but also it's uh it's it's an amazing uh feat of um your talent all comes together and as a filmmaker it's it's an Thank incredible you. stuff yeah, you're yeah. Amazing. and I've been Thank following you. you the whole time. So, you know, as the, as all of our situations has have evolved and the attacks come in different ways here and there, there's some people that, you know, like you that are proving to be more of a hero than than initially it even mm. seemed. And I think you're just getting started. And Thank uh, you. I'm really grateful to have you here, Nick. Uh, everyone that knows you in my in real life that I know loves you and, and, and mm. says that you're just all about love and peace and and truth and justice. And uh, that is absolutely true. And I hope um, everyone visits your site. I hope you will come back and we'll talk more. And um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll come back soon and we'll talk in depth about the current series with Fauci and all them. Because I, I believe these people are going to get what they deserve. And uh, I hope that yeah. it's as bad as, as humanly possible for these people ahead. Yes, <laughs> it's happened before. Most people need to realize that heads of governments have been hung in public. And this yeah. kind of thing does happen. Yes, yeah, public uh, executions happen. Right, and treason. You know, I, the mm -hmm. first one I'd like to take down is Klaus Schwab and then maybe Gates, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. We have, we yeah. have General Milley full on committing treason and still walking around as the doing chiefs. I mean, what? where are That's we? It's insane. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's like the law does not apply to them at all. It's, I wonder, yeah. We the people, it's up to us because, uh, uh, you know, and like I said, if we if we were the real domestic terrorists, they'd know it. They'd need that. Mm -hmm. Well, they know they need mm -hmm. that. <laughs> you know what exactly. I'm
Yeah. Okay, Thank Nicole, you so much. I'm going to put all your stuff below. Everyone needs to go check you out. It is such a pleasure finally connecting. Mm -hmm. It's like you connect with the right people at the right time in this journey. And um, I'm, Absolutely. Just, I'm, I'm really, really lucky to have you here today. And I hope everyone follows you ahead because you have big things coming. I know God mm. is on your side and working through you. That is for sure. So uh, thank you for coming today and I'll see you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Nick. See ya. Bye.